Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Choose good health, low cholesterol and dental insurance. Choose fixed interest mortgage repayments. Choose a starter home. Choose your friends. Choose leisure wear and matching luggage. Choose a three-piece suite on hire purchase in a range of fabrics. Choose DIY on wondering who you are on Sunday morning. Choose sitting on that couch, watching mind-numbing, spirit-crushing game shows, stuffing junk food into your mouth. Choose rotting away at the end of it all, spending your last days in a miserable home, nothing more than an embarrassment to the selfish brats you spawned to replace yourselves. Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? Well, so started the film uh, Train Spotting in 1996. Well, not exactly. I cleaned it up a bit, but... Uh, Roughly so started that film. Uh, A look at heroin addiction said in Edinburgh, but the question it asked is pertinent, isn't it? What is life? Uh, It's great that you're here this evening. Uh, You're really welcome. And it's an important issue. Is life just a sum of inane and mundane choices that we will make? Of course, it's not just um, a question for a film. It's, It's our question, isn't it? Uh, because we all have to go through uh, life together. And indeed, I guess that's why a number of the questions uh, that people filled in those cards for uh, were about this. Uh, On all sorts of scales, for some it was the big scale. One person wrote this, uh, why does the universe exist? Uh, For others, uh, know more about me and my life. Again, another card. Am I heading in the right direction? Why? Because I don't want to miss out on life. Uh, Whatever it is, whatever it should be, whatever it could be, I don't want to miss out. So what is it? For others, the the question seems to suggest that they already think they are missing out. Here's one. It's not even a question, but but just a sort of agonised sentence. In this life, I've been working so hard and have nothing to show for it. Uh, Big questions then. Uh, A big issue uh, about us, about our life. Uh, Not a new issue, not a a Sheffield issue, not just an issue for this week, I take it, but uh, one that affects everyone. Uh, There's an author and uh, sort of brand consultant. I suspect he's the sort of person that the more you ask him what he does, the the less you understand. But he's called Jonathan Gabay. And uh, in 1995, he brought out this book, The Meaning of Life. It was when he was 31, and uh, as he himself admits, it was born out of a time uh, when he was 31, I think. And had hit rock bottom in... Uh, relationships and work and stress, problems just uh, converging on each other. And so he took, a, took it upon himself to write to hundreds of people across the, the globe, uh, renowned world leaders, uh, heads of business, uh, heads in the arts, um, actors, actresses, uh, public figures, well-known names, and asked them, uh, what's life all about? What is the meaning uh, of life? And it's fascinating reading as uh, you go through this book of his collated responses uh, sent to him. Uh, They all acknowledge that this is uh, a great question. The the actress Helena 
Bonham Carter uh, refers to it as the big question. Another person uh, says it's the burning question. I wonder if it's uh, ours. It's important. And yet here's the irony that uh, for so many of us, it's a question that goes unaddressed. Uh, One person in the book, uh, a member of the House of Lords and a professor at St Andrews University said this, I find it odd as an octogenarian to be faced with a problem I have never considered. Like many people, I have taken the fact of being on this earth for granted and used my energies to cope with the current problems of daily life. Is that what it's like for us? That uh, day to day, uh, we just let today fill our focus. And so uh, a question as important as what life is all about, it just goes unaddressed and unthought of. Perhaps that's why uh, the questioner on uh, the card uh, for this evening's talk thought uh, not just to say what's life all about, but also to add, I mean really. It's almost a cliche, isn't it, to talk about the the meaning of life. Indeed, uh, throughout this book, there are a surprising number of entries who just use it as a chance to say something flippant, uh, going for a, a, a quick laugh. Why? Perhaps because they knew that an answer to this uh, was beyond them. What I hope to do in the next uh, 20 minutes or so is three things. Uh, Firstly, to to think a little bit more deeply about what we're looking for when we ask this sort of question about life and what it's all about. Uh, Next, to, to think about how we'll never find answers to those things. We'll never find what we're looking for if we leave God out of the picture. And then finally, how the offer of true life, a meaningful life, is given to us by God in Jesus Christ. Firstly then, what is it that we're looking for? What do we mean when we say this sort of question? I've been through all of the the questions uh, on the cards that related to this topic. And uh, I I think we sort of pulled out four strands of what people were getting at behind those questions. Uh, Here's the first, that when we talk about what's life all about, we're we're looking for, we're hoping for something that is greater than ourselves. Some sense that we fit into a a bigger picture and a bigger story. Uh, For many, it was put as simply as uh, this question, what is the meaning of life? Someone else wrote, does everything happen for a reason? See, does my life, does the things that have happened to me and that I do, do they fit in somewhere? Is there something bigger than me from which I can define myself, towards which I can orient my life? Uh, The author, Bernard Levin, again in this book, Uh, writes this, have I time to discover why I was born before I die? Because, of course, I am unable to believe that it was an accident. And if it wasn't one, it must have a meaning. We want our lives to to fit into something. Next, uh, when we ask this sort of question, perhaps we're on a search for identity so that I, I know something about myself. Uh, One person wrote uh, simply this, who am I? 
It's one of the shortest questions of all of the, the 1,300 and so that came in. Who am I? At? So short and yet so far-reaching. How will I know who I am? On what do I base my identity? Is it all just down to me? Or is there something, someone else who can answer that? Uh, Something greater than ourselves, a sense of identity. Next, uh, significance. One person wrote this, am I important? Uh, You don't have to have delusions of grandeur to, to want to know the answer to that question, do you? Is there significance to my life? Does it matter? Someone else said it sounds as though they want to be significant and important. They they wrote this, what should I do with my life to be of value? Don't you want to, to lead a life of value? Something that makes a difference? Uh, something greater, identity, significance. Uh, the last strand was uh, fulfillment. A fulfillment that so often seems to escape us in life. One person just wrote this Don't you want me to be happy? Someone else, uh, Why is life so hard? Isn't that what we're looking for? I hope that's what you're looking for this evening. As you think about what life is, something more than just me, something that will help me to know who I am, that will give my life significance and purpose, and that will fulfill and satisfy along the way. Well, look, it is the Bible's contention, and it is our conviction as as the 12 churches that have put together this week that we will only find those things through Jesus Christ. First though, let's think about where we might look for answers, look for those things aside from him. And how unsatisfying those answers can be. Some of that comes out in this book. People, some, some are flippant, but some give a stab at trying to define what life is about. And yet they don't have much to say. Uh, One uh, can do no better, she says, than to quote the renowned atheist Aldous Huxley, saying this, it's a bit embarrassing to have concerned all one's life with the human problem and find at the end that one has no more to offer by way of advice than try to be a little kinder. Others are more confident in their answer, and yet its content still seems strangely unsatisfying. Listen to Arthur C. Clarke. We can now say, in the widest possible meaning of the phrase, that the purpose of human life is, wait for it, information processing. I am happy, therefore, to have solved one of the great problems the philosophers and theologians have been haggling over. You may perhaps feel that this is a rather dusty answer. The purpose of life is information processing. Indeed, you may even retort, well, what is the purpose of information processing? I'm glad you asked me that. And there his answer ends. <laughs> However, I, I think that the, the most thorough critique of searching for meaning aside from God is actually to be found within the Bible itself. 
uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, written by uh, King Solomon. Solomon was the king of ancient Israel uh, at its peak. Uh, He was extremely popular, fabulously wealthy, uh, militarily powerful, and in an unparalleled way, wise. Uh, He wrote the book of Proverbs, uh, sayings, wise sayings about life that continue uh, 3,000 years later to this day. And in Ecclesiastes, it's as though he has a little daydream with himself about a search for meaning, a search for the key to life, uh, which leaves God out of the picture. Right at the start of the book, he sums up his conclusion. Meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. What a futile exercise, he says, to try to find what life is all about, uh, leaving the creator of life out of the picture. He doesn't just say that, though. He, he explains that the different avenues that he tried. Uh, it starts with, uh, with pleasure. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good but that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is foolish. And what does pleasure accomplish? See, pleasure, it's it's so fleeting. Great for the moment, but what does it achieve? What does it accomplish? To see pleasure alone is not to find meaning. In the meaning of life, Gabe's book, Ronnie Barker, writes one of the entries. He says this, I don't think life has any meaning. It has beauty. It has ugliness. It has happiness and pain, love, hate, great rewards, and sometimes enormous responsibilities. It has laughter, but it has no meaning. Now, if not in in pleasure, because it's gone in the moment then where else uh, Solomon next turns to success? He had a lot of it. I undertook great projects, he writes. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. And yet even success like that, he says, leads to nothingness. None of it lasts and none of it satisfies The TV presenter, Davina McCall, once said this, I wanted to be famous to prove I was worth something. But the day I got my own show on MTV, I cried all night because it didn't bloody validate me. And I'd spent years thinking it would. Fulfillment's an inside job. Uh, Not pleasure, uh, not success. Where else could he turn? Well, to wealth. I amassed silver and gold, he says for myself, and the treasure of kings and provinces. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. Imagine doing that. It's the lottery win coming in, isn't it? And yet he goes on, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve and all I had, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind 
Nothing was gained under the sun. Now, all very well, all this stuff, all this wealth, and yet to try to put meaning on a price tag, it's like trying to catch a gust of wind. What's more, as he goes on, he says, even if you manage to get all of these things that we chase after, and let's face it, most of us through most of life won't, but even if we got them all, death casts its shadow back over our lives to show the futility of everything. Solomon says, this is the evil in everything that happens under the sun. The same destiny overtakes all. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. Or as the author Leo Tolstoy said, what meaning has my life that the inevitability of death does not destroy? All these things in which we could find meaning, where are they once death comes? Uh, Two men were looking one day over the, the wall of a cemetery And were bemused to see not the normal sort of six foot by three hole being dug, but instead uh, mechanical diggers and an enormous pit being excavated. That soon all became clear, though, as the the funeral party uh, came towards the graveside. Uh, Behind them, instead of a a coffin, uh, the man in a gold-plated Rolls-Royce a crane being used with trains to to lower it down into position. And as it submerged away from view, one of the two men turned to the other one and said, now that's what I call really living. (laughs) See, what meaning has life? What meaning do those things offer us that death does not just take away in a moment? No, we'll never find what we're looking for if we leave God out of the picture. If we confine ourselves to what I can do in this life. Instead, we need to turn to him. It's striking actually reading this, that the number of people who say that they have, of course, some of them you'd expect to. There's Mother Teresa, there's religious leaders, vicars, some of them. Uh, who can point to Jesus. However, there are others who are uh, more surprising. Uh, One is uh, G.A.E. Kentfield, at the time chief cashier of the Bank of England. It might well be that uh, there are some banknotes in our wallets that still contain his signature. He writes this, I commend to you John's gospel as a better answer to your question than any which I could devise. Striking, isn't it? Just a little book. Just uh, a biography of this man at Jesus. We've got some of these on the bookstall. Uh, they're free to take away. I, I, I got one. Uh, when I was 10 years old, I remember I went along to a, an event. I, I think it was at the, the local church. And uh, I don't remember much, but I remember this. Uh, the man who was giving the talk was offering a, a free gospel to anyone who wanted one. Uh, the only thing is you had to... Uh, mentally promised that you'd read it uh, when you took it home. Now, if you offer something free to a 10-year-old boy, frankly, it doesn't matter what it was. Um, I wanted one. 
And, uh, and so I went up at the end and, and, and got hold of it, John's Gospel. My older brother was there. He looked at me and said, are you going to read it? I said, well, yes. I took it home. I plopped it on the shelf. And there it lay untouched uh, for six years, burning a hole in my bookshelf. Six years. Six years of not realising uh, the key to life, sitting uh, just feet away from me every night. A bit like uh, an antiques roadshow uh, where people come along and they're desperate that uh, this thing that they've been living around is, is finally the treasure that they've been seeking. Uh, I had it, and yet I hadn't touched it. Six years gone, six years wasted. Well, in God's goodness, uh, I came to know this message of John and the offer of life that it holds. That language about life, true life, everlasting life, fulfilling life. It's all the way through. You'll see if you, you take one and read. Don't do what I did. Take it, do, but, but read it. It's all about life. I guess if you know the Bible at all, if you know some of uh, the verses contained, you, you probably know some of the famous ones within John's Gospel. In him was life, and that life was the light of man. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Or even John's summary of what the whole book's about. These are written that he says, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. It's the book uh, all about life and the book that offers us those very things that we're looking for, something greater than myself. Uh, um, identity, who am I? Significance, is my life worthwhile? And fulfilment, will it be satisfying? Uh, each in turn, John addresses and says that Jesus holds the key for us if we'll trust him. Something greater than ourselves? Well, we need look no further than Jesus himself. Hear how John describes him. The word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Look at Jesus, says John, and you see God, the God of all who made all the God for whom we were made. Later on, Jesus is praying and he defines life. This is eternal life, he says, that they, his disciples, may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. See, we're made by God for God, to know God, to enjoy relationship with God something greater than ourselves someone greater than ourselves who invites us to share his life not just a, a glimpse at something uh, greater than me though but a new identity that Jesus offers me to all who received him John writes to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. A child of God, that's who I am, 
as a Christian here today. Elsewhere, Jesus said to to his followers, I've called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Now, this isn't an invitation to come and serve a, a ruling God. It's better than that. It's to be his son or daughter, his friend who he involves in everything that he does and to whom he reveals his will and his plan. This is an identity that is unshakable, rooted in God, not me. So much better than, than the other things I might turn to. Well, what will happen if we define ourselves by our careers? Uh, what will happen when unemployment or retirement come? It's so sad to see someone who later on in life has lost their sense of who they are because they no longer do what they did. Or the empty nesters whose kids have left home and everything has been about them for, for 20 or 30 years and now what? Now what is my week to be and who am I now? Or someone who's so set on a relationship with someone else. It so defines them that they are loved and valued by another that if that relationship ends, everything is desperate and the chase is on to find a replacement. No, instead, this is an identity that is solid, unshakable, and rooted in Jesus. What about significance then? Can Jesus offer us that as well? Oh, yes, indeed. Do not work for food that spoils, he says, but for food that endures to eternal life. And another very famous verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is a life that lasts. Life that will not let that shadow of death quench it or put it in darkness, but that endures and carries on and lasts forever. Where to live for Jesus is to live on a path that will have ongoing, enduring effect, making a difference eternally. And fulfillment? Will this life satisfy? Here again, Jesus' promise. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, the fullest life, the best life. A life of all of these things, significance, identity, inclusion in something far greater than we could ever achieve. It's there, it's offered to us, but how do we get it? How do we come by this life? How do we know what life is all about and then take part in it? Again, Jesus holds the key. And we get this life through his death. 
We get it through uh, the power of his resurrection life. Now it is when Jesus uh, comes to die on the cross that he takes onto himself everything that would keep us from this life and keep us from God who is the key to this life. He deals with it and removes it. And then in resurrection new life, he invites us to join him as God's child and friend. We get life through his death. Some years ago now, there was a a disaster in a remote village in South America. There was a a volcanic eruption uh, nearby. And as a result of that, uh, a sort of wave of magma mixed with mudslide uh, slipped down and whooshed through the valley that the village was in. The whole village was swept away and destroyed. Many were killed. The only people who survived uh, was a small group who had made their way up to the only high piece of land in the area. And that was the local graveyard. One journalist who was uh, one of the first on the scene uh, wrote this. How ironic that the place of death became the only place of life. The place of death, the only place of life. The same is true for us. If we want life, this life, This fulfilling, significant, identity-giving life. Then we need to trust in Jesus' death. Well, thank you very much for listening.